Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Israel became like the world. And not only that, they began to bow down to pagan gods. That's why God eventually destroyed the northern part of Israel. And the other part went into Babylonian captivity. So when Jesus came, he came for a reason. He was trying to bring the Jewish people back so they could be what? A light to the world again. And in John chapter 1, it says, the light came into the world. But the world, the Jewish world, didn't receive him. Israel had become like the world. In the Old Testament, God had exiled them for 70 years in Babylon because of their idolatry. And now God was going to use them as he had prophesied to bless the nations. In today's message, Pastor Mark teaches about God's plan for Israel to bring forth the Messiah, to bless the world with salvation. In God's plan, they were to be the light of the world. The irony is, when the Messiah came, Israel herself did not recognize him. And so God, having offered salvation to Israel, was going to turn his attention to the Gentiles. Salvation was going to cross new borders. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, Crossing New Borders. Matthew 15. As I was studying this passage, and we'll begin in verse 21, well, Jesus was with the Pharisees, and they were the religious leaders, and they came to him and they said, Jesus, your disciples, they're breaking the law. They don't wash their hands before they eat. He was talking about spiritual stuff. So Jesus had to explain to them, wait a minute, they're not unclean. They're not wrong or not away from God because they didn't wash their hands. He says, in fact, you can wash your hands all you want, but you speak about God with your lips, but your heart, oh, it's far from me. And so he taught us a lesson that worship doesn't come really because we've cleaned our hands, because we wiped our feet off. It comes because of our hearts. What's down inside? Well, he breaks some boundaries by saying to the Jewish people, no, I don't believe in your traditions. Enough of that religious tradition jazz. We're in the truth. And we begin in verse 21, and notice what Jesus does. Leaving that place where he was in Israel, where he had this run-in with the Jewish leaders, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Now, Notice, he was up there near Capernaum at the top of the Sea of Galilee. You see a little star up there. That's kind of where his base was when Jesus was here on earth. And so for the only time that we know of, other than when he was a child and went way down to Egypt, when Jesus leaves the area, he goes to Tyre, he's outside 
of Israel. He leaves the nation of Israel. It's the only time other than when he's a a young baby that he leaves there. Now, he goes there, and let me ask you three questions about that. Who directed the steps of Jesus on this trip? Who directed his steps? Who directs your steps every day? Well, there's a scripture I want you to see. It's Psalms 37, uh, 23, and it, it says this. The steps of a good man are ordered. They're ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. You see, Jesus was teaching the disciples a valuable lesson. He goes out of Israel because God directed him to do it. Amazingly, John chapter 8 says that Jesus never went anywhere or did anything that God didn't direct. I wish I could say that about my life. So the first question is, who directed the steps of Jesus? Who's to direct your steps and my steps? God is. Second, when did Jesus get his instructions to leave Israel and travel north? When did Jesus get those instructions? Well, he got them. During his quiet time, his devotion time, notice this next statement I want you to write. Our quiet times with God give us our bearings, our directions, and our daily assignments. You see, often Jesus would get alone and spend time listening to God. God wants to speak to us. And you need to have a quiet time. A few minutes in the morning where you kind of get your bearings for the day. If you don't, if I don't, then I just go and do my thing. And I'm off doing my things without God directing me. Getting your direction. Now remember, you have to spend time listening to God. Because he'll speak back to you. So Jesus was showing the disciples. He's going out of the country because God directed him to go. When did God do that? Well, probably during a quiet time. Or did you know that God directs us more than just in our quiet time during the morning? Let me explain something to you so you'll know. I study lots of hours for my teachings, uh, sometimes 20 to 25 hours for these teachings. I have all my notes, I have the PowerPoint, I have all those things that God does or whatever. But God sometimes speaks. Now, sometimes he speaks to me during my quiet times. Last week on Saturday, Saturday morning around 7 o'clock, I was up earlier than that, but studying, had ready, pretty much ready to do this teaching. God spoke to me and changed my teaching. You remember, don't you? I changed my whole teaching. Now, I don't do that routinely, but I only do it if God tells me to do it. Somebody said, Pastor Mark, can we do that every single week? I love that. No, I do it when God tells me, not when you tell me. I loved it too, but today's just as good because God's word's just as true. So I listened to him in the quiet time, and I changed my teaching. So it isn't just in my quiet time, but God is speaking to me right now. As I teach, oh, I'll have the same PowerPoint notes, I'll have the same thing, but there'll be different, well, the the emphasis will be on different syllables. (laughs) Syllables, did you get it? Because God is speaking to me during the day, during my teaching. God wants to direct us sometimes during the day. Now, don't be weird with it. You know, you just finished your lunch. You've come off your lunch. You've got a couple, two or three people from your office with you. And you're walking back to your lunch and you say to them, stop just a moment. And they say, well, what are you stopping for? God's getting ready to speak to me. And you go into one of these. 
When you look up, they won't be around, I'll guarantee you. So it's, you're not weird when God speaks to you, going to the strands, God speaking to me. No, he's supernaturally natural. But he does want to speak to us during the day. Now, so when Jesus went north, God directed him. Number two, he got those directions either as he was walking or early that morning. Number three, why did he go? Why did he go there? We don't know if Jesus really knew. Sometimes we don't know. God doesn't tell us when he directs us. Abraham said, he said, go to a country, I'll show you. And Abraham says, like, what's the deal about? He says, no, you just head out. I'll tell you where I'm going to take you. Now, well, the third question is, why would he send him into this Gentile territory when really Jesus, you're going to see today, only came for the Jews initially? Here's why. Write it down. God's heart has always been for all people's on the earth. You see, back when the nation of Israel was formed, God came to the father of that nation, Abraham, and he made this incredible promise to him. Look down at the bottom. He just, he just talked about this and he says, Abraham, as, as you obey me, all peoples. Now, how many kinds of peoples, when you come down to the basics, are there on this earth? There's two kinds of people. Jews and Gentiles. That's all. Just Jews and Gentiles. Jews and Gentiles. All the different ethnicities and all that, that's fine. It's just Jews and Gentiles. He says, so all the peoples on the earth will be blessed to you. What does he mean? Abraham, as you have this nation called Israel, and from you will come all these people down here, we'll have King David, and from King David would come the Messiah. So eventually, not just Jews will be blessed, But Jews and Gentiles will be blessed because Jesus didn't just come for the Jews. He came for all peoples. So it's kind of a preview of what was going to happen in the early church. Now look at verse 22. As Jesus goes into this Gentile territory, look who he meets. A Canaanite woman. Canaanites were the old enemies of Israel in the Old Testament, always against Israel. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, and she used a term that was very interesting. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. So Jesus meets a hurting Gentile woman. And remember when he went to Samaria, which was also outside the borders of what the religious people would do. As he went to Samaria, he met a Samaritan woman. Well, here he goes into the Canaanite country. And do you know what the religious Jews said about going into in the land? When you, when you went to Jewish territory, it was fine. When you stepped out of Jewish territory and you stepped on the land anywhere where there was Gentiles, do you know what you were called? You were called unclean. And you had to, before you came back into the Jewish area, you had to clean your shoes up because Jews and Gentiles hated each other. In fact, you're going to see this morning, Jews called Gentiles dogs, mongrels. In other words, the, they believe the only reason they were alive is for the, to stoke the fires of hell. I mean, it was horrible prejudice, and the Gentiles obviously hated the Jews. So here's Jesus in this, in this area that's unclean. He's crossing a border. He's going beyond what the Jewish church would do. Well, he meets this lady who's hurting Now, when Jesus went up there, it's very interesting, because he kind of went up there on the quiet. He wanted to go and minister to his disciples. 
In fact, Mark 7, 24 says, he entered the house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. You know why? Because God had directed him and somehow, we don't know how, somehow this Gentile woman knew about the reputation of Jesus. That if she could get to him, her daughter, who was possessed, could be healed. See, there is no problem that Jesus can't meet. You're going to see through the teaching that sometimes we just give up on God. I'm glad God doesn't give up on me. So this woman comes, and she comes for a reason. God sent Jesus for this reason. Look at the next statement. It just outlines it for us. God often directs us to go beyond all borders to take the message of his love to hurting people. See, he's in an area which the church, the Jews, they would not have gone to Tyre and Sidon. No way. They wouldn't go to Samaria. Well, how did the Calvary Chapels get started? You see, back in the 70s, in California, it was the hippie days. It was the love days. It was the no-taking-bath days. It was the LSDs days. It was free sex. It was, well, and these kids that rebelled from the generation, it was the Jesus generation. Well, how did it become the Jesus generation from the love generation and the sex generation and the drug center? Well, it became because they kept hitting a dead end. They tried free sex. They tried just being free and not having to work. They tried having all kinds of drugs and LSD trips and whatever, and it left them totally empty. So they tried to step into some of our normal churches, but the normal churches went, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not coming in here. Until you look like us. You say, well, that, that couldn't have happened. It did happen. By the way, could it still happen today? Absolutely. Well, I don't like that color or the, that race or that, that wealth. or Man, that guy looks like a tattoo parlor. Or got, no way. Careful. So they found this little teeny church of 25 people called Calvary Chapel. And they came in their barefoot, unbathed, long hair. And the deacon said, uh, no, we just put a new carpet down this little teeny church. You're going to have to change that. Well, Pastor Chuck heard that and he said, well, I have another solution. Either you're going to let them in or we're going to rip up the new carpet. They left the carpet and they came in. From that, around 1,300 Calvary chapels, just one of many wonderful churches oh, today. Why? Because they crossed barriers God directed them to. We must be very careful. See, because those hippies became the prima donnas that drive the BMWs today. And now they look at some of this next generation and go, what is wrong with those kids? <laughs> careful. You and your three-carers three-car garage with a little golf cart on the side. Yeah, that's the same guys that were taking drugs in the 60s that never took a bath. <laughs> Today, you got to have that shampoo that's $12.95 in a worn squirt or whatever. <laughs> we have to be careful. So into this, Jesus comes. And these walls of prejudice, he just crossed them. He crossed the border. Well, as he faces this woman, now think about this. She's a woman, she's a Canaanite, she's a Gentile. 
I mean, you never even want to talk. A Jew wouldn't talk to a Gentile. Certainly not a woman. Watch what happens. Verse 23, and Jesus did not answer a word. Well, that seems a little unlikely, doesn't it? She comes asking for help and Jesus doesn't say a thing. Here's what happened. Notice back in verse 22, she used the title, Son of David. You see, she had no right to use that title because she wasn't Jewish. She wasn't in the line of David. We don't even know why she used it. She probably doesn't know why she used it. She just heard it. So when she said that, Jesus remained silent because she can't approach him as a Jew. Look at the rest of 23. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away. Because she keeps crying out after us. The original in the language means this. She kept coming, she kept coming, she kept coming, she kept coming to him. Whether it was just many, many times over a few hours, over a few days. Finally, the disciples said, there's two meanings you can take this. They could say, man, Jesus, tell her you're not going to do anything for her. Get her out of our hair. We're trying to meet here. Or, and I like this one because you'll see why I like this one. I believe those words could be translated. The disciples said to Jesus, Send her away with her request granted. In other words, Jesus, do what she asks so that we can get on to what we need to be doing. The reason I believe that, look at verse 24. He breaks his silence and he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. In other words, that's why I'm not speaking to her. Not only did she say son of David, But he was saying to his disciples, my priority when I came was for the people of Israel. I came to reveal myself as their Messiah and to offer them this kingdom so they could be a light to the Gentile world. Let me give you a little little mini history of Israel. When God sovereignly made a nation called Israel from Abraham, he just picked a man. And he said, from this man, I'm going to make a nation. You're going to be Jews. And as you come to worship me, uh, you're going to worship the one true God. So that's what Abraham started. And God began to bless the Israelites. He gave them the promised land. Their families were good. Their crops were good. Their animals were good. And why did God do this? How many gods did the Israelites worship? How many gods? One. One true God. Now, if you stepped outside of this and you took all the other Gentiles... Back in history in the Old Testament, six, eight, nine thousand years ago, who did they worship? How many gods did they worship? Men is man, just like you go to India today, millions of gods. They worship the sun god and this god and the, and the cows and just like they do in India. So outside of the circle, these people just worship pagans forever. So God said to the Israel, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a light to these people. And when they see how good I am to you, out here, they're going to go, well, who do you worship? we we got to find that God. Because that God is like really good. And they were supposed to say, we worship Jehovah, the one true God. They were supposed to be a light to the rest of the world. You get it? What did they do? Well, instead of doing that, they looked outside and said, hmm, you mean you can have all the women you want? And you can do this, and you can kill, and you can be selfish, and you can grab more than anybody else. Let's try that. And so Israel became like the world. And not only that, they began to bow down to pagan gods. That's why God eventually destroyed the northern part of Israel. And the other part went into Babylonian captivity. 
So when Jesus came, he came for a reason. He was trying to bring the Jewish people back so they could be what? A light to the world again. And in John chapter one, it says, the light came into the world, but the world, the Jewish world didn't receive him. In fact, they rejected him. The light. So what did Jesus do? He said, I'm going to expand it. Watch this. He says in John, he says, but to all who believed him. Now, who would all be? How many kinds of all are there today? I'm telling you here, it's not a difficult question. How many categories of all are there? There's two, and that would be Jew and Gentile. To to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right, here's the hard part, to become children of one God. The Jews hated that statement. No way we're going to share our God with these guys. But they didn't even worship the one true God. So that's why Jesus came. So he says to his disciples, I didn't come to minister to, the, to these individuals. I mean, primarily I came for the Jews. Well, you'll see this. Why does this woman keep coming and asking him? When Number one, she gets no answer. Number two, she gets an answer that sounds like, what? Well, here's why. Most commentators believe that Jesus was testing her faith to see if she really believed that Jesus was the answer and that she had a right to ask him, which obviously she did. Here's something I want you to write. Faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. Faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. Now, this woman continues to ask and pray over and over again. Let me ask you a question today. Think about this. It won't take long for you to get it. What if, as a Christian... Every single time you ask God for anything, within one minute, he answered yes and gave you your request. What would your life be like as a Christian? Because you know what, how we treat God? Your ATM? Thanks, God. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. You'd have no relationship with God at all. You'd have no history with God. You would treat God like a big bank. Just withdrawals. I don't care who the teller is. Thank you for the money. Thank you for the answer. Thank you for... The person that would suffer would be you and me. So God doesn't do that. Often God simply doesn't answer our prayer. But he will answer. You'll see that. So this woman, her faith is being tested. She comes again and again and again to ask. Now with that, look what happens in verse 25. We see her sincerity. The woman came and knelt before him. Now she changed her word. She dropped the son of David. And she simply says, Lord, help me. God rewards faith. In fact, Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. While Israel had a history from God that should inspire faith, when Jesus came, they rejected him. In today's message, Pastor Mark shared that God puts such a premium on faith that Jesus will bless a Gentile woman for her faith, even when he was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. God will cross traditional borders to carry salvation to hurting people. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. What would Jesus say about your faith? Would he commend you for it? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark continues to show how God rewards faith. In the story of the Syrophoenician woman, he'll show that even a crumb of God's power is enough to work miracles. He'll compare her faith to a well-known apostle's. You may be surprised at the comparison. How is your faith? Would Jesus take note of it? Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting